high value man high value topics right this has been like the dominating conversation for probably uh, oh going over almost probably coming up on close to two years now in some form or fashion um you got everybody out here in some form or fashion talking about how essentially you need to be a six-figure earner in order to be considered basically a a high-value man of sorts now yes i know kevin samuels has his own definition for high value man that extends beyond one's earning potential. But in these, in these conversations, when most people talk about high value men, the overall majority of these content creators are talking about how much money you earn. They're not really talking about any other aspect of Kevin Samuels um, list of traits. He defines as high value, man, you know, his ABCs, think the a stands for appearance b i don't know i think what bank account c is communication and d abcd the d is your digital footprint um see i know a little something about it i've actually listened to that part but um but when when everybody else talks about it they're talking about they're talking about mainly uh the earning potential So let's examine this earning potential, ladies and gentlemen. How many people are actually truly high value, even if they earn six figures or more? So y'all see what it says. It says 60% of millennials earning over $100,000 say they're living paycheck to paycheck. 60% of millennials. What's a millennial, y'all? Let's look it up. What is the the divide? Okay, so according to this, millennials start a year after I was born. So 1981. I think it goes all the way up to like 96 or something like that. So pretty much people within my age bracket, right? Living paycheck to paycheck, even if they're making over $100,000 a year. How is this even possible? So let's go on. Let's go see. It says high earning millennials feel broke. 60% of millennials raking in over $100,000 a year said they're living paycheck to paycheck, found the new survey, which analyzed economic data and census balance surveys of over 28,000 Americans. So 28,000 Americans took this survey claiming they all earn over $100,000 a year. And all these people talking about they live in paycheck to paycheck. How, how is that even possible? You know, especially when we talk about this in the context of, uh, you know, black YouTube. It says it found that about 54% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and nearly 40% of high earners, those making more than $100,000 a year, said they live that way. That means high earning millennials aren't the only ones feeling stretched thin, but they feel that way more than their six figure making peers living on constrained budgets may therefore have less to do with income and more to do with expenses. 
It says that's partly because of lifestyle choices. Many of these millennials are likely what they call a Henry. Uh, Henry is an acronym. It stands for high earner, not rich yet. That's what Henry stands for. Uh, the acronym was invented in 2003, but it's come to characterize a certain group of 30 something six figure earners who struggle to balance their spending and saving habits. Says Henry's typically fall victim to lifestyle creep when one increases one standard of living to match a rise in discretionary income. They prefer a comfortable and often expensive lifestyle that leaves them living paycheck to paycheck. Says a hundred thousand dollar salary isn't what it was. The economy is also a huge factor be behind why six figure earning millennials feel broke. Says as the report said, <clears throat> living paycheck to paycheck sometimes carries connotations of barely scraping by and of poverty. <clears throat> Says the reality of a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle in the U.S. today is much more complex and the current economic environment has made it even more complicated. It cited the example of a college educated 35 year old earning more than 100,000 while juggling a mortgage, student loan debt, and a child, which could leave them with little savings for big purchases or unexpected emergencies. It says this generation is facing an affordability crisis. Income increases simply have not kept up with an exponential increase in living costs and the pandemic hasn't helped matters by throwing job loss and pay cuts into the mix. This is the cost of education is also more than doubled since the 70s, leaving many millennials with student debt. Um, the founder of Stash Wealth, a financial firm that works with Henry's, previously told the insider that 40% of her clients had student loans, and on average, they owed $80,000 in student debt. As a byproduct of this increased cost of living, the middle class has been shrinking. Pew Research Center defines the U.S. middle class as people earning two-thirds to twice the median household income, about 48500 to 145518 Since that means a six-figure salary is no longer what it used to be. In today's economy, 100000 is considered middle class in the U.S., <clears throat> so you got 60% of millennials earning over $100,000 say they're living to pay living paycheck to paycheck. My man says this has to do with budgeting. That's that's partially correct. This more so has to deal with spending habits. Cuz see what it is, you got people earning these high incomes and they're spending like they're just balling out of control. So you earning a hundred thousand dollars a year, you damn near spending your entire paycheck to make it look like you're earning a hundred thousand dollars a year. And to, and to somebody that doesn't know any better, you would think they're balling because every time you step out, you see them dressed down. They got the flyest Mercedes, as a matter of fact, somebody just moved next door to me in my neighborhood. They got a black Rolls Royce sitting outside. So they got they got the Rolls Royce. They got the Mercedes. They Gucci down, Louis down, red bottoms. They got all the fly trinkets and accessories 
to give off the appearance and the illusion that they're making money. And then they can tell you, yes, I am a six figure earner. This is what I do for a living and I'm pulling a hundred racks. So they can show you the hundred rack pay stubs. They can show you that. And then they can show you the house, the cars, the clothes. And when you go by black YouTube's criteria for how you're supposed to view success and or find a mate, that's all people will focus on. Well, this person has a hundred thousand dollar pay stub saying they're making a hundred racks. Look at their clothes, look at their house, look at their car, look at all their pictures on IG. They're taking trips all over the place. But what they won't ever tell you is that they're blowing almost all their money, meaning they don't really have a lot of money to uh, do anything else with. They don't have a lot of money to invest with. They don't have a lot of money to save. And on top of that, they are, they, these people are, are a lot of these people are drowning in debt. Student loan debt, 80 racks, you know, they talking about the average person that makes over $100,000 a year, according to this article, they owe $80,000. Where is it at? Right here. They owe $80,000 in student loans. And what you don't know about student loans is, for those of you who've never been to college, well, I don't have student loans, thank God. Um, but most people, they never just pay this off. A lot of people go to their grave paying student loans off. A lot of people will end up dying before they pay their student loans off. In case you guys don't understand this, like that is a very real thing. This is a debt that a lot of people never pay off in America because all they do is make the bare minimum payments of whatever it is, and they will go to their grave, literally die before they pay off their student debts. And then, like I said, that's just one aspect. Then a lot of people go out there and get these top of the line cars. And look, I'm not saying that you got to ride in a bucket, but a lot of people, they'll, they'll get these top-of-the-line cars, these top-of-the-line houses, apartments, condos, everything to create the illusion that their lifestyle matches that six-figure salary so that they can attract whoever they want to attract or impress whoever they want to impress or maybe just to make themselves feel better. But they never tell you about all of the expenses that are associated with that lifestyle that they're trying to persuade you that they're living, which essentially means they can't really do anything else. Meaning if they lost their job, a lot of these people would be doing the moonwalk in front of the 7-Eleven trying to get some spare change. Because a lot of these people don't, even at, even at $100,000 a year or more, a lot of these people don't save money. What is this? I'm trying to figure out what is the average money the American had. I don't know. What is this percentage? I don't know if these are right. 
Let's go with something I can read. All right, here we go. This 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 seems more accurate. They just give you a raw number. So basically, this says the average single person. Let me see. What is this? Among those 34 and younger, couples without children have the most to put away. They have an average of $4,700 in savings. Single people with no kids in that age range, they have an average of $2,700 in savings. So you got people making 100 racks, and they still got an average of $2,700 in savings. And let's not even talk about rent. I live here in Orlando. The average rent has gone up to $1,500 a month. And that's if you want to get you a one-bedroom apartment, y'all. A one-bedroom apartment. That is the average rent throughout the city, especially the closer you get to the downtown area. The average rent for a one-bedroom apartment in my city is $1,500. And it's gone up since the pandemic. I got a homeboy of mine. He hit me up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, last month, as a matter of fact, back in June, he had sent me a message talking about his landlord at his apartment complex is knocking the rent up to $1,500 a month, going from 1000 to 1500 in just 30 days. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, was, I was watching the news not too long ago. Some little white chick was on the news. She lives uh, close to the downtown area. She got a little studio apartment. Her rent is going up to $1,500. And then, you know, I just started looking around like, what's the average cost of rent out here? And then I got a homeboy that's a real estate agent. I went and asked him as well. It's $1,500 a month for just a, a, a regular one or two bedroom apartment. I'm telling them, y'all better off buying a house. You know, but, you know, the process of getting a house is slightly more complicated because you got to oftentimes you got to save up. You got to have your credit on point and then you got to save up that huge down payment. You know, for those of you who have to pay the down payment, because I didn't have to pay it because, you know, I'm ex-military <laughs> part of my benefit package. Um, If you want to live in a nice neighborhood, the average is fourteen hundred in Baltimore. My brother was paying twenty five hundred a month in D.C. for a one bedroom. Yeah, man, it's getting crazy. In Orlando, where I live at, it's getting more expensive down here because everybody and their mama's moving to Florida. They're constantly building stuff up all over the place. And, you know, pretty, pretty soon, the, uh, you know, people who live in Orlando who can't afford to live in Orlando, they're going to get pushed out further and further into the country, away from the city, into these little more, more rural counties that are around the way. But regardless of all that, you know, I'm telling people like, like my uncle, I, I saw him not too long ago. He was telling me about the same thing was happening with him. He lives in a two bedroom apartment. He was talking about how his, his landlord is knocking the rent up. He was like, man, you know, my, I mean, everybody that I'm running into that lives in apartments is telling me about their rent going up. And so I was like, well, how much, how much are you about to be paying? He's like, man, I'm about to be paying $1,800 a month for a two bedroom apartment. I'm looking at my uncle like, bro, I live in a five bedroom house with four and a half bathrooms. My mortgage is like twenty seven hundred dollars a month. You, <laughs> you and I sit next to a lake. You 
like you should you, you can go find you you should you should be able to go find you a house bro i mean you paying all this money to live in an apartment for rent that you can't control you might as well just go buy you a house but it's a little bit you know but it's easy to talk this house crap but for those of you who've never purchased the house it's it's a, it's a lot that goes into it uh I, i've bought two houses in my lifetime but it's a lot that goes into it um they're gonna run you they obviously they want to check your credit because that's gonna that's basically gonna tell you how much uh whether or not you qualify for the loan and at what percentage they're gonna want to see they're gonna want to actually see money in your bank account so let's get to that aspect so you got people making 100 racks like i tell you when i bought my house the house i currently live in uh, my house right now i bought it when it was how much i paid for this thing i bought it I think I paid like $430,000 to this house. And right now it's currently worth $500,000, right? So I've lived in it for two years and it's already increased in value like $60,000, $70,000 already, right? So, but in order for me to get this house, I'm gonna tell you what, what I had to do. Uh, well, y'all know I'm, I was, I'm ex-military, so I didn't have to put down, I didn't have to put down a 20% down payment. I used my VA loan, but... I did have to prove, provide proof of income to be able to afford this house. So I had to submit pay stubs from my employer saying that this is my salary. Um, and then I actually had to show them money in my bank account. I had to, I had to actually go in and print off uh, a statement showing them the actual money I had sitting in my bank account. You know what I'm saying? To prove that I got enough money to buy this house. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I didn't have to, yeah, the tax returns. Did I have to do tax returns? I don't know if I had to submit those. I know I had to submit bank statements and I didn't have to submit tax returns, but they actually wanted, they actually wanted to look into my bank account and see how much cash I actually had, how much money I actually had. Cause I couldn't just go in there and say, yeah, man, I got X, X amount of money in there. I had to show it and to prove it. And it couldn't have been money. And here's the thing. It couldn't be money that was just placed in there. This had to be money that was sitting in an account for at least 60 to 90 days. Right. And so before initially when I was going through the house and I was like, yo, we're going to we're about to buy this house. Um, what I had to do at the time I owed, I had like $30,000 in debt. Right. Before I bought this house. I went into my bank account about two months before we actually kicked off the process to buy the house. I went in and one day paid off $30,000 worth of debt. And one day I just wrote a check to all my creditors and knocked out 30 racks in one day. Credit card debt. Uh, I can't, it was some other crap I had, but it was 30 bands. I just paid it all off, right? Because I knew I was about to approach this 60-day window where I had to have X amount of money sitting in the account. And I also knew within that 60 day window that after I paid off 30 bands, my credit was my credit jumped to a 800. Let me see. It was already over 700. My credit at the time I had the 30 racks. I think I was sitting at around a seven, a 715, which is still high. But I ended up paying off 30 racks. My credits jumped. My credit jumped to about an 825 or something like that. 
And so I timed it perfectly is what I'm trying to tell you. And this wasn't by accident. I did this on purpose because I've done this in the past before. I I've, I've, I've accumulated debt and I've all, cause you know, my thing, my philosophy with debt for the most part outside of a house is I always have enough cash, liquid cash to pay it off if I want. I might make minimum payments here and there just to drag it out and keep my credit rolling. It's like right now I got a credit card. I owe five racks on it, right? I make, I make the minimum payments for the most part. I mean, but the reality is I got five racks to pay it off tomorrow if I wanted to. I'm just not in a rush because it keeps my credit rolling, showing that I'm paying. And I, I pay a little bit more than the minimum. You know what I'm saying? I, I probably sit on like $150 each month or whatever. So it might take me a little bit longer to pay it off, you know, versus uh, I mean, a little bit less time to pay it off as opposed to me just paying the bare minimum. But regardless of all that, I always have I got the cash to pay it off right now if I want it. So anyways, I did this on purpose. I paid off 30 racks 60 days before um, around, you know, before we was actually going to enter the official process of them pulling my credit, checking my bank accounts, blah, 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 blah. Because by the time my credit score would have came back around, I knew it was going to shoot up over 800. Because like I said, I've done this in the past. So you know, this, this, is, this isn't like something, this is something I learned a long time ago. It shot up to over 800. They ran my credit score for the house which qualified me for the lowest interest rate possible at the time because i knew when they ran the credit score i already knew it was coming back well over 800 right and then when i knew there was like i right, uh we need to prove uh, pr we need to, you to provide some pay stubs say, showing how much money you owe that wasn't an issue i got the pay stubs but then they was like we need to verify you actually have money in your account for whatever whatever so I just went off and printed off a statement from my bank account showing that I had well over six figures sitting in cash in one bank account. And so I was uh, I was good money out in these streets to get the house. You understand? And so that so when I went and got the house, it, it was just like a smooth transition. No hiccups, no nothing. Because here's the thing. The house that I bought, somebody else had actually had this house built. Like this is a brand new house I live in. I'm the first person to ever live in it, but I wasn't the one who started the process to build the house. Somebody else had started the process to build the house. The house got all the way built and whoever was initially starting this house, their finances fell through. And when their finances fell through, I came through and cut the check and got the house and now it's mine. <laughs> so that's how I got this house. I mean, I was going to have a house built, but when I was uh, looking around, I came I was looking around in this particular neighborhood and I was like, wow, I really like this house. And they told me that somebody else had it built, but their finances was something. Something went wrong in the finance process. I was like, well, I like this house. The wife likes this house. I know nothing's going to happen with my finances. Cut the check. Give me this house right now. And she was like, all right, uh, we're going to need $15,000. Right. So I went to the bank, cop 15 racks. Came back with a cashier's check the next day and just, and dropped it on the table. Now I know some of y'all are thinking, but you just said you didn't have to put a down payment down. I didn't, cause I just had to put fifteen racks down to quote unquote reserve it and keep the process rolling. When they actually started the process of getting me the house, I got all of my money back minus two grand. So out of the fifteen thousand I had to put down, I got I got back about thirteen thousand of those dollars. You understand? And that's part of you know due to my military me being in the military. So I didn't, so technically I didn't have to put it down. I didn't have to put the 20% down. I had to put $2,000 down. You understand? 
So that, that's how it works. So I got most of that money back. But I was only able to do this because I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. Meaning I got, I got, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how much money I got, but I got, I got, you know, some decent money. But I also had a lot of decent money saved up. Like y'all seen my Jeep, right? I, I told y'all I bought a, I bought a, um, I bought a 2016. I'll show you. My Jeep, my Jeep looks almost like this, minus this right here and minus this right here. I got similar rims, except it's not white, but they're black, right? So this is what I own. I bought a 2016 model, right? Fully loaded, leather, all that crap, all the butt bells and whistles. 2016 model, I think it had like 45,000 miles on it when I bought it, which is, you know, you do the math. That's like that's like what around twelve thousand miles a year that somebody put on it. Um, fully loaded, all the bells and whistles, and I think I paid I paid like thirty three thousand dollars for it because you know Jeeps they they hold their value very well. I paid cash for this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to the I went to the car dealership. I put ten ten thousand dollars down. A, a $10,000 down payment on the Jeep the day I went there to buy it. And then the very next month or 45 days later, when they sent me my first, um, my first uh, car note, I paid the rest off in cash right then and there on the spot. So I don't, I don't have a car note. You know what I'm saying? I basically, I bought a brand new car in cash is is essentially the equivalent of what I did. How am I able to do this? Because I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, man. I make decent money, which, you know, I make I make around this. I ain't going to tell you exactly how much I make, but I also got a lot sitting in the bank. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not a Henry. Well, obviously, I'm not rich either, but I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. And all of my money is being dropped into clothing or other little trinkets to make it look like I'm more, I'm worth more than what I got. Cause like I say, I got a, I got a, somebody just moved into my, my neighborhood, right? They live across the street from me. Same house I got, you know what I'm saying? Uh, all the bells and whistles. They got a, they got a black Rolls Royce sitting in their garage right now or sitting out front. And I was talking about, I was telling my wife, I'm like, you know, we really don't see too many Rolls Royces in this neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we live in the hood, but we definitely don't live in the rich, rich part of town. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, why are they over here? You know, they should be living down the street where the uh, the rich, rich people live. But they said they're living out here. And look, I'm not mad. I don't know what these people do for a living. But, you know, it, it was just a thing to see. Every time I walk outside, I got to look at this black Rolls Royce, right? And so I'm just like, I'm, like, I'm wondering, what do these people do for a living? Because because me, I'm thinking if I own a Rolls Royce, because what I'm saying is the Rolls Royce 
the Rolls Royce probably costs half what the house costs. Is is the point I'm trying to make? Because their house, the one they bought, like I said, they bought the identical floor plan house that I got, but they bought it two years after me. And I just said my house, my house is worth five hundred thousand dollars. So the house that they bought, they paid over five hundred thousand dollars for the for the same house because the property values have gone up in two years since I've been living here. But they also have a car that probably costs about two hundred thousand dollars sitting in the, in, the, in the driveway, which is almost half the price of their house. And so I'm like, if I own me a two hundred thousand dollar house. I mean, a $200,000 car, I would probably be living in a neighbor. I would hope to be living in a neighborhood where my house is worth at least $800,000 to a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't it doesn't really register and compute with me that you live in a, I mean, and look, I'm not saying how people can't live. Maybe this is smart on their behalf. They got a, they got a house that's, uh, they got a fancy schmancy car and then a house that's, a quote, quote unquote cheap, meaning they're not living in the upper Uber part of Orlando. Cause in Orlando, we got a, we got a bunch of rich people that live out here. I mean, y'all know, you know, we got, I don't know for, about anyways, there, there's like an ultra rich part of Orlando, which is not too far down the street from where I live. And so it's just, when I see a lot of Bentleys, Ferraris, all these high end cars, a lot of them tend to come from a certain neighborhood. Because you know you got the you got some NBA players that live out there, you got a bunch of singers, actors, and, and you know a bunch of executives that live in that area. You know it just it just kind of seems out of place. But then again, I could be all wrong. Maybe they're like the hell with it because you know like, like I said, I don't live in the hood or nothing like that. I live in a pretty I pretty pretty much live in like a I guess you could call it upper middle class neighborhood. I guess you could say, but it just kind of even even still it just kind of seems. Nah, it's not, it's not, Do- I mean, Dr. Phillips, I know you're talking about, I don't live next to Dr. Phillips. I mean, I don't live too far from it, but it's, it's not Dr. Phillips, the, the area I live in or the, the upper, cause Dr. Phillips ain't the richest part of Orlando, but no, nah. um, but anyway, I forgot what I was saying, but it, it just kind of seems a little odd, but then again, I could be wrong. Cause they could be, they could be super smart. Oh, you used to live out here. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. So you know what's up. So you know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, like places like Windermere and and Gotha and all them places, them, them super rich places. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but uh, so it just kind of seems out of place a little bit. Uh, but I could be wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, it just kind of it just seems a little out of place to have a two hundred thousand dollar car sitting in the driveway of a house that costs, you know, slightly over half a million dollars, but then it could be smart. It could be smart. I don't know. But anyways, getting back to this whole point here, the whole point is this, you have all these high value conversations. Oh, high value, man. We need to be a six figure, six figure earners. That's all good on, on the surface, but nobody ever tells you about the debt that is associated with these people, man. A lot of these people may make a lot of money, but they are drowning in debt. And like I say, if if they if they lose their job, a lot of them don't have savings saved up out of that hundred thousand dollars because all of their money has been going towards a lifestyle to make it look like they are worth a hundred thousand dollars or more. 
They all got red bottom shoes. They all got Gucci and Louis belts. They all got the high end cars, the high end homes, the high end life. And I'm not saying that you got to be living like a bum. I'm not saying that. But I'm, what the point I'm trying to make is this is this is a lot of this stuff is an illusion. It's an illusion that people just buy into because we're stuck in this this Instagram type of world where Instagram, you can crop the perfect picture to make it seem like everything is good. You know, you got the chick. She'll sit. She'll she'll pose herself just right. Put the filter on and she'll be looking all delicious. But what you don't see outside of the crop picture. Are them dirty carpets, her mattresses on the floor, kids running around in dirty diapers. You don't ever see that in the picture. You just see the perfectly cropped Instagram photo. They're taking this and transforming this into reality now because you see somebody say, I earn $100,000 and they got on some fly gear. You see them coming and going from the Gucci store or the Millennium Mall. You see them pulling up in the in the bins uh, or, or in the Range Rover or in this and that and the third. Like, let's just say me. You see me pull up in my Jeep, right? Like I say, I got this Jeep minus this little front piece and this little piece right here. You see me pull up in my Jeep. And let's just say I pull up because I see a lot of these. I see a lot of Mercedes G-Wagons down here. I was looking them up. I was like, I like the G-Wagon. Until I had, until I peeped the price of it. So I see these everywhere i go right matter of fact here's a here's a everywhere i go i see a mercedes g wagon these things are expensive than a mug i didn't realize how much they cost till i started looking into them like i ain't getting no dog on g wagon i didn't realize that they was this expensive where's the price at it's nice now I mean, you know, it looks nice. Where the heck is the price at? Let me type price. There we go. It's nice. Uh, Y'all ain't going to show me the price? All right. Well, anyway, but you're going to pay about $150,000. Look at this. $150,000, right? You're going to pay about 150 racks for this, this Jeep. It's nice. This thing costs almost $100,000 more than mine. So every time I go through Orlando, I pull up, and I'm always next to these things at the stoplight. You know, it ain't no little competition. just kind of is what it is. Now, from the outside looking in, Somebody will pull up and they'll be like, oh, snap, this person got the G-Wagon. They balling. They balling out of control. You just got you a, a Jeep Wrangler. But they, what they don't see is mine's is completely paid for. I got the title sitting on my desk right now. Completely paid for. Fully loaded. Leather interior. All the, all the bells and whistles, right? All that crap. What they don't realize is the person driving this may be a six-figure earner, but this thing ain't paid for. They probably got a six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollar a note a month car note, 
And we ain't even talking about insurance. That's just the car note. I own this thing flat out. 100% paid for. Zero car note. Just have to pay insurance. <laughs> and, and my license plate fees, which I paid two years in advance. Do whatever I want to do to this thing. You know what I'm saying? I got money. I got, I got, I got money. I can, I can, I had enough money to pay for this thing flat out, but now I also have enough money to go out there and, and engage in other things. G Dizzle, Ramil, fantastic. Edward and Clutch. I'm waiting for that all-star panel collab. Shout out to Chris for the 10. Uh, I guess, I mean, I appreciate the money, but I, I don't know. I don't really do collabs. <laughs> I appreciate I hear what you're saying though. Um who's Edward? Edward Anderson? That dude kind of uh, all right, whatever. Anyways, but I'm just saying, hey, look, I'm not this is not me to brag. I'm just trying to make a point. The point is you got a lot of people down here in my city, and I'm pretty sure in other cities, they make this type of money and they drive these type of cars. And I'm not saying that you can't drive it. I, look, I'm not telling you what you can and can't do. I'm just what I'm trying to do is get people to understand the illusion of success. It's an illusion that a lot of young people who listen to these high value conversations really have no comprehension of. And look, this is something you just don't learn overnight. I had it took it took me a while to learn this because nobody nobody explained this to me when I was in my early 20s. I used to be in my early 20s seeing people rolling around in in the, in the expensive whips of the day back then. I was like, I want to get it like them. But I didn't realize that those who were driving around in expensive whips, there was a lot of them were just broke. All their money was being poured into this car. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember I was in the army. It was 2003, 2003, 2004. I was living in the barracks. I was an E4 specialist at the time. All right, this is when me and my wife was dating. Anyways, there was this guy who lived in the barracks adjacent to mines. And I think he, uh, he, I think he was a cook in the army. So he worked at the cafeteria cooking up the food. So this is 2004. He, he's a specialist as well. E4. Both of us living in the barracks. We ain't making a lot of money, y'all. As an E4 living in the barracks, we ain't making a lot of money, right? I can't remember what my paychecks were, but they, they were nowhere near what they currently are today. But at least I had free housing. And free food <laughs> so that made up that made up the difference anyways this dude he had sitting outside the barracks a 2004 escalate the um what was it the the the, the hatch what do we call it the uh not that one what, what was the uh the escalate SU, oh, the, what was it? The EXT. Yeah, that's what it was. He had one of these sitting outside the barracks. This was when it was brand new at the time. Escalade EXT SUV. This is when it was brand. This is 2004. He had this when it first dropped, sitting outside the barracks, sitting on some things, right? He also had an old school hoopty that was sitting on some things as well. I remember one day, my wife, this is when she and I were dating, right? She had came over to my barracks 
And I remember she had this particular outfit on, this little red jumpsuit-looking outfit that just highlighted all her curves just the way I liked it, right? I remember one day I'm sitting in the barracks, and I see my wife's car pull up or my girl's car pull up. And I know she hops out the car and she's coming to walk towards the barracks where I'm at. And this dude is sitting outside next to his uh, his Cadillac over here looking at my girl as I'm, I'm in the barracks watching this from the second floor window, just looking at it the entire time. And basically, he's he's staring at my girl as she's walking. He says hi to her. She says hi back. And then he's just staring at her, kind of leaning on the truck. And, you know, she just comes in there and sees me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she's supposed to. But the thing that was so funny is he's outside posing on his truck with the rims. But his clothes, everything about him screamed bummy. Like, he just looked like a dirty nigga. And this guy was in the Army. I knew, we, I knew when he got paid. He got paid on the 1st and the 15th, just like me. We were the same rank, so I knew exactly how much money he was making. But he looked like a dirty nigga. Why? Because his whole paycheck went into this car. He didn't have money to do anything else, y'all. He literally was paying like six, $700 a month to, to, to drive this car around. Could barely afford to put gas in it. Could barely afford to buy himself some new clothes to, to kind of match the appearance that he was trying to give off. Meanwhile, I think I had a, I think I had like a, I had like an old, I had an Oldsmobile Alero, a two door. Let me see. There's something I had bought when I had first came into the army because I needed a car. I had one of these. Right. It had the, uh, it had the, uh, the moon roof and all that crap, fully loaded, all that crap. I even had, I even had two tens in the trunk. My, my, my joint was beaten back then. And I had it sitting on some things, but I had it paid for. <laughs> I bought it used, had it paid for. So I had extra money to throw some rims on it, throw some beef in it. You know what I'm saying? So I could roll around doing what I was supposed to do at 23 years old. And my gear was fresh. And I had money to take my wife or my girl out and we can go outside and have fun and do what young couples are supposed to do. But your man's here. His, his whip was way more expensive than mine's, flyer than mine's, but he could barely afford to put gas in this thing. He had barely, he, like, I rarely ever seen this truck leave the parking lot, is what I'm trying to tell you. I rarely ever seen him drive this Cadillac because he couldn't afford it. He bought it to make it look like he was balling. When in reality, he was broke because all his paycheck, damn near his whole paycheck was going towards making this car payment. And like I say, this is 2004 at the time. He had one brand new. That car note had to have been about six, $700 back then. And he was an E4 in the army. He wasn't making money like that. But he tried to look like he was, is what I'm trying to tell you. And so that gets to this point over here. This still goes on to the day, even with high so-called high income earners. They'll make a hundred racks. They'll go out there and they'll cop the um, the G wagons. They'll cop the the Benzes. 
the Gucci, the Louis, the Red Bottoms, all this expensive stuff, and they be they be still damn near flat broke because every last penny is being dropped into their wardrobe and their lifestyle. If an emergency hits, they're in the same predicament as somebody who makes thirty thousand dollars. They're in the same predicament. You check their bank accounts. I guarantee you're not going to discover a lot of money in, in their savings accounts. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. That's why they're out here paying $1,500, $2,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment if they make 100 racks. Why? Well, you can get a whole house. You can get a whole house. Live in a five bedroom, four and a half bathroom, 3,600 square foot house. I paid slight, I, I pay about just about 900 to a thousand dollars more than somebody for my mortgage than somebody who lives in a one bedroom apartment, y'all, in my city. You get it, <laughs> it doesn't even make, but I own this property. Well, you know, I'm in the process of fully owning it when I pay the mortgage off, but whatever, you know, technically I own it, technically I don't. But y'all get, y'all understand the concept. It doesn't make sense. It says renting to own. I don't rent to own anything. I got a mortgage. <laughs> I got a mortgage. I don't rent to own anything. I got, I got a mortgage, which is Latin for death grip. As in, I think that's what the literal translation is. I think, I think mortgage, I think if you translate it into his Latin equivalent, I think it's like death grip. I think... <laughs> I think that's what the word stands for. But now I got one of those. 30 year, I'm trying to have it paid off in about 15 years. That's my goal. 15 years, no later than 15. Reality, I'm trying to have it paid off in 10. You're like, how are you going to do that? I send in extra money every single month to this mortgage. So even though my mortgage is 2700 I actually spend over $3,000 a month because I send in extra cheese every single month. Straight to the principal. Because, you know, when you get a mortgage, like let's just say, my, I think, like I said, I think I paid like $430,000 for this house. For those of you who never bought a house, you got this thing called interest. You factor in your interest. After you, if you, if you stick to that 30 year schedule and you only make the bare minimum monthly payment, if I were to do that, I would end up paying close to 800 uh, about anywhere between 750 to 800,000 dollars for this house. Like that, that when it's all said and done when you factor in interest and all that it'll be around 750 to 800,000 dollars. Being that I pay I send in extra payments every single month that go directly to the principal that cuts out that that's going to potentially save me $100,000 in interest payments if I stick to the schedule or I start increasing the amount of money. So I'll end up saving about 100 racks. But, you know, I basically, I treat my house note the way I sent, the same way I used to treat my cars back in the day. When I had car notes, I would do the same thing. I would I would take the longest loan I can get for the car. I know people are like, what you mean? I, I Like my last car, I, I think I had a, I think I had a seven-year payment plan for it. Purposely did that. I purposely was like, give me the longest loan I can get. 
Most people are like, why would you want to do that? You're going to pay for a car for seven, eight years? Yeah, because I'm going to get the smallest car note I can get, and then I'm going to send in extra money every month to pay it off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let's just say I went in there and I got a car note. I was like, and it took me, they put me on a seven-year plan to pay off a car. I was still having paid off in like three and a half, four years, you know. But the reason I did that is because the longer the, the, the longer the car note is, the smaller the payment is. So my payment might be like $300 a month. I can afford that. And I can also afford to send in an extra $300 a month on top of that. That goes strictly towards the principal. So, you know, so I might be paying, I might send in $600 with a good 400 of it going straight to the principal every single month. You understand? And then what if I, what if I ran into a financial emergency or I needed to move some cash to do something else over here to go take a vacation or something like that? Well, I, I could just skip a month without sending in an extra payment. <laughs> so instead of me sending in the extra $300, I could just hold that off and then go take my wife and kids on a vacation or something and still have enough money to make the 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 initial the the uh the original monthly payment of $300. And then once I'm done doing whatever I got to do just come back and get back on schedule of sending in extra money. You know what I'm saying? That that's how I've always done it. So I hear people talk I mean look I didn't do it this time cuz I paid my truck off cuz I had the cash I didn't want to deal with a car note but I was going to do that initially I was going to go in there and be like give me an 8 year give me a 7 year plan to pay this jeep off knowing damn well I was going to have it paid off in 12 months that was the original plan cuz I wanted the smallest car note possible but then I was like I had bought the car at the end of 2020 I was like you know what I'm just going to go into the year 2021 with no car note. So I, so before 2021 rolled around, uh, matter of fact, like I said, I bought the Jeep back in October. I put 10 grand down cash. And then the following month, November, I wrote a check that paid off the balance. And so I kicked off 2021 with no car note. You know what I'm saying? I ended up paying like $30,000, just here. I mean, I had the money to do that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> you know, I, I put, I put a lot of, I've, I've stacked a lot of cash away just for purposes like this. Like, like, like I say, I'll go out. Um, when I, when I bought this house, I had to go buy a brand new refrigerator, brand new washer and dryer, you know, top of the line, stainless steel, all that crap. You know, it didn't come with a refrigerator. Um, I went to the home deep, uh, the Lowe's, I was like, all right, wife, just pick out whatever you want. So she went and picked it out. I put it on my Lowe's credit card. Being that I'm ex-military, I get a 10% discount. So I qualify for all that crap. I came around. It was, it was a few bands for all that. And uh, it, took, it took me like six months to pay it off. I mean, I could have paid it off and, and wrote a check right there on the spot, but I decided to use it to, to help it build up my credit. I mean, well, my credit was already high, but to use it just to keep my credit rolling you know what i'm saying because you know it's, it's a tricky thing about credit you gotta you gotta you gotta keep taking in debt and showing that you're paying debt off in order to keep your credit score high meaning like let's take when i bought the house i told you i paid off like 30 bands right if i had a, i paid off the 30 bands and i didn't take on any more debt for at least 90 days right now some of y'all be like well, why would you take on debt again 
Well, because you'll start to get penalized on your credit score if you don't take on brand new debt, meaning your credit your credit card can start drop your credit score can start dropping if you don't incur, incur new debt. So what I did, I got a I got a credit card from one of my banks. Uh, it's like ten bands. I don't ever use it. It's like ten thousand dollars on this credit card. I, st I started taking the credit card and making purchases to buy stuff for the house. And just put it on the credit card. Put it on the credit card. Put it on the credit card. So I ran that up about $6,000 in a matter of two months, making purchases, putting it on the credit card. All this on purpose, because I know I'm getting back into the process. I'm going to go ahead and start sending in my $150 a month, even though I can pay it off right now. But I'm going to just kind of take my time because I want it to, I want to keep my credit in rotation. And some of y'all are like, well, why do you, why do you need credit? If you can just pay for everything in cash. Well, well, so there, there's, there's, pros and cons to having credit one thing you gotta understand about credit is credit is you essentially using somebody else's money to make a purchase and then you know the higher your credit score is the lower the interest rate so what i'm saying is i can come out my pocket and drop ten thousand dollars on something and now i'm out of ten thousand dollars or i can go use this plastic loan known as a credit card that's all they are is a plastic loan, a loan on a plastic card or go get a loan or whatever and get their money. And then use their money to do something, the 10,000 to do something. And I still got my 10,000 in the bank. And then I'll just, you know, make my little payments here and there or whatever, do what I have to do. But at least I still got my 10 racks in the bank. But I'm using now I'm using their 10 racks to go do whatever it is I got to do. But I still got the money to pay them their money back. You understand? So it's, it's basically I, I'd rather spend their money than just come out the pocket and spend mine. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just how I've always viewed it. And that's what allows me if I go to a car dealership and I get the lowest interest rate because I, I already know you're going to run my credit. So I'm never I'm never surprised and nervous when people run my credit because I'm like, I know my stuff is sky high because I know how I pay bills. Like I keep my credit in constant rotation and I keep making payments. I might have two things going, two or three things going on. I'm always paying. Something's always getting paid off or something's on the verge of getting paid off. And then I add something and I just keep doing this over. And I've been doing this over and over and over. This is allowed for me to keep my credit well above the average. Like I think the lowest my credit has dropped in the past 15 years is probably down to a seven, a 700. Like I haven't been lower than 700 in over 15 years. The highest I've been was 840 at one point. That was the highest my credit score has ever gotten was an 840. Um, and that was like 10 years ago. But so that, that's what I've done. Because I've never gone to live, tried to live above and beyond my means. Um, I still like nice things. I can still go buy nice things, take nice trips, but I've never been concerned with trying to look like I'm balling. I mean, I was when I was younger, but as I got older, wife, kids, career, I've long since fell out of this mode of trying to look like the money that I have. Like I could walk around in sweatpants and t-shirts and, and, and a pair of Air Force Ones or J's on my feet and be comfortable. My t-shirt could be wrinkly. Matter of fact, you guys should see me how I go to the gas station, like <laughs> like a couple gas stations or little corner stores around my way. 
I look like I'm a straight. Sometimes 90% of the time, I look like a bum when I go up there. I look like I ain't got no money. I look like I should be out there asking people for money. But reality is, I probably got more money than everybody in that area. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? Like, if people actually knew, I mean, like, I don't, I don't go out there purposely trying to flex. It's like, I just go outside. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I go to the corner store, t shirt be wrinkled up. I'd be looking homeless <laughs> when I go in there just to go, just to go in there and buy me some mouthwash and deodorant or whatever, you know, whatever toiletries I may need. I'd be in there looking like a straight bum sometimes. You understand? But I don't feel like I don't feel the need to get jazz dressed up just to go to the store. I don't even do that when I, I don't really go to the mall that much anymore. But only time I really get, you know, somewhat dressed up, you know, if I got to take the wife out on a date or something, obviously I'm going to dress up for that. But other than that, my normal everyday life, dude, I, 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 I just... I just I just look like I don't look like I have money is what I'm trying to say. It is not because I want to make myself less of a target. I just don't have I just don't place value in it. Now, now, the only way you know, if you look at my shoes, my shoes, are you know, I, I rock a lot of Jordans, Jordans and Air Force Ones. It is what it is. That, that's something I've always been doing since I was in high school. You understand? That's the only way you'll probably be able to look at me and be like, oh, he got money. He got on a brand new pair. He got he got he got about five pairs of patent uh, uh, Jordan 11 sitting in his house. You, you, that might be the only way you can you, you kind of decipher if I have some money or not. But other than that, I don't do the jewelry anymore. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't I don't purposely look bummy just to look bummy. It's just I'm comfortable. But. How I live, I don't live like a bum. I just, I just don't feel like I have to go out into the world and be Gucci and Louis down. For what? Like, who, who cares? Like, I don't, I don't walk around with cash money on me. Everything is in plastic. <laughs> like, I, I don't even have money to give to homeless people because I don't carry cash. Every time somebody asks for a dollar, I legit, I'm being honest, I don't have any money. Like, I don't carry cash on me. I don't see a need for it. The way my life is set up, I don't have to have cash. Everything is plastic, man. So I don't, I don't have to run around with, have to have thousand, a thousand dollars in my pocket at all. I don't, I don't. What do I need that for? I got, I got thousands of dollars in 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 the bank account. That's that's protected by the FDIC, insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars per account. So if something goes wrong, and my money's missing. I'm insured up to $250,000 per account. If I'm walking around with $10,000 in cash in my pocket and somebody come rob me, my money's gone. I can't get it back. But if somebody takes my debit card and, and runs up 10 grand worth of purchases, I can get that money back because that's happened to me before. Somebody got access to my debit card a couple years ago and within about 30 minutes, they spent $1,000 on video games. And less than 30 minutes after the purchase, my bank called me. It was like, hey, did you just buy $1,000 worth of video games? I was like, no, the heck I didn't. It was like, oh, okay, well, we see this odd purchase on your account. We're going to go ahead and investigate that and figure out what's going on. Less than a day later, I had my $1,000 back in my account because they knew this was an out-of-the-ordinary purchase on my account. 
They've never seen me just run out there and just buy video games, whoever's watching my account. So they gave me my money back less than a day later. And it was probably some teenager who got my card somehow, some way that I don't know. But I got my money back. But if I had had just straight cash money in my pocket and the teenager got the cash, well, that's $1,000 that's chalked up. I can't ever get that back. That's gone. So that's why I'm like, I don't really carry cash, man, because I don't see the point. I don't, I don't, the only time I have to go get cash is when I got to pay my lawn guy. The dude that cuts my grass, he only takes cash payments. So every, the last Saturday of every month, I got to go to the ATM and pull out $100 and give him the $100 in cash. That's it. But everything else, my whole life is on plastic. All my purchases. I rarely, if ever, use cash. Yeah, all bank accounts are uh, FDIC insured. Or it's, what is it? FDIC or NCUA, National Credit Unions Association. But anyways, if you're doing FDI insured, every bank account, because you can have multiple bank accounts at the same bank, but every account is insured at least up to, I want to say $250,000. It may be more, maybe less, but it's somewhere around there. So if I got 10 bank accounts at one bank, all 10 of those accounts, are insured up to a quarter million dollars a piece. So that's why that's why I don't carry cash. I'm like, what's the point? I don't need it. To, I don't need it to operate. Plus, it makes my pockets lighter. That's that's one less thing I got to worry about in my pockets. Because if I, like I say, if I lose the credit card, I get the money back. I can cancel the card, get a new one. They'll, they'll investigate it to see if any crazy purchases were made. And they'll give me my cash back. They'll put my money back in my account. I got $10,000 in cash and I lose that. I'm, I'm SOL. <laughs> I don't get that back. But that's what a lot of people do. They, they want to they wanna create the illusion of wealth and balling when in reality, they're not. They're broke or they're living paycheck to paycheck on the verge of being broke even at a hundred thousand dollars salary you know the standard for being a high value man <laughs> i mean can we keep it a buck there's a particular youtuber in here who always loves to catch a flight goes by the name of angry man right talks about he has all this money and look this ain't no shade this ain't no shade. I don't know his pockets and I'm not trying to be in his pockets, but I'm just trying to make a point because I heard somebody talking about him. I heard uh, Kenneth, what's his name? Grandmaster Troll mentioning this. Was it him? Anyways, you notice Angry Man has moved into a new place, right? Congrats to the brother. I think he moved out of his apartment to a house. But Kevin, not Kevin, Kenneth said, Angry Man was originally supposed to buy a house, but now he's renting a house. And, you know, Kenneth did this whole, Grandmaster Troll did this whole video at, trying to figure out how come he didn't buy the house, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. I'm not in this man's finances. I don't know. But what I do know is he, he does love to tell people he's a six-figure earner, which he may be, he may not be. But it doesn't really kind of jive. If, if that's the case, and then you're still renting a house. And look, there's various reasons as to why people do it. There, there is no right or wrong way. But it doesn't really match 
the image he's trying to portray as him being a six for six figure earner. What I'm saying is if you're on YouTube every day talking about you ball and you're a six figure earner, blah, 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 but you're turning around and renting a house, it doesn't really match your image that you're trying to convey to the world that you got it cracking like that. Now it could be a, it could be a hundred percent legit reason as to why he's doing it. I don't know. I'm not in this man's life. I'm not in his finances. I have nothing to do with this brother. I'm just trying to make a point that there's a lot of dudes on YouTube that do that, that may or may not make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but being that all you ever see is what is coming through your screen. This is just the, uh, this is just the YouTube version of the Instagram shot, right? They'll tell you they're making a hundred racks. You'll see the super chats all over the place, but they won't tell you is about what type of debt do you have that's associated with that to where people should be taking your advice. Because at the end of the day, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep. Right? So like I say, I have zero college debt. I've never paid college debt a day in my life. And that's thanks to me joining the military. And they, they're they are paying off my debt and then giving me extra monies to go to school. But I know a lot of people that make over 100 racks with degrees and a significant matter of fact, I got I, I, I graduated college back in 2002. It's been almost 20 years, right? Since since I, I went to I first went to college from undergrad. There are people that I went to school with from 98 to 2002. We're, we're like 40, 41, 42 years old. They're still paying on college debt, y'all. 20 years later. And some of them ain't even halfway finished. Some of them are not even halfway finished. 20 years later. They still on Facebook right now at the ages. Of, matter of fact, I seen somebody talking about this yesterday. They, they, they 41, 42 years old. Still paying on college debt, y'all. I ain't paid college debt ever in my life. Ever, ever, ever. Because I went into the military after college and they wiped out student debts or any bills I may have had. And then later on, when I went back to graduate school, I used my GI Bill that I qualified for. They gave me more money to go to school and I ended up getting a master's degree in IT and I ended up getting an MBA. My master's in IT and my MBA, both those two degrees combined, if I were to pay for them out of my pocket, I probably would have paid like an extra $60,000 to get both those degrees. The military paid for it for free and then gave me money to go to school to get them. So it took me like two and a half years to get both those degrees, right? Because I was doing a dual program. But that would have cost me 60 bands. Or I had to, I, I would have had to take out some loans to get that had it not been for the, my GI Bill. You know what I mean? But I know people, they're paying on student loan debt from 20 years ago just for their undergraduate degree. I'm not even talking about some of them don't even have graduate degrees. They, we're just talking about the undergrad. They're still paying on that 20 something years later. And some of these people make $100,000 a year. Like I know these people, knowing them since we was 18 years old. Some of them make over 100 racks a year. Some of them are engineers, computer scientists. Uh, some other stuff, uh, business, whatever, you know what I mean? Some of them make over a hundred racks and they're still paying on student debt from 20 years ago, y'all for their undergraduate degree. So I noticed to be true. That's why, that's why when I get into the, that's why when I hear these high value conversations on YouTube, 
I never really talked about it because I knew a lot of it is just BS. Because a lot of you people are young. You're in your early 20s. You haven't really lived life. You don't really understand <clears throat> what's really going on in the life for most of these people that, that, that say they're making a lot of money. They never tell you about the crazy out of control expenses and debt that they have, which essentially makes their life equivalent to somebody that's not making a lot of money. Because look, what's the point of making $100,000 if you're paying $60,000 worth of debt each year? Well, in reality, you're only making $20,000 <laughs> or whatever the math comes out to be, $40,000. So, you, so you're really no different than somebody that's making 40 bands because you got a ton of debt. You got a ton of expenses. You don't have anything in the bank in case an emergency hits. You got your $100,000 Mercedes G-Wagon. What if this thing blows a tire on the middle of the highway? Do you got the money to go get that tire fixed? Because, you know, a G-Wagon tire, you're going to spend probably about $1,200 per tire. To replace it. Like them things are expensive. Just the tires. I'm talking about the factory tires. On a Mercedes. You're going to spend like $1,200 a tire. What if something happens? A lot of them don't have the money. To make those repairs. To get that fixed. They get sick. Uh, you know whatever. I, I don't know. Just, just whatever. Like I went to my dentist yesterday, right? I've been, uh, I've had a Invisalign in my mouth for three years now. I told the doc, I'm like, look, doc, I'm tired of wearing these plastic things on my teeth. We need to go ahead and, uh, I think my teeth are pretty good. We need to go ahead and move to the retainer phase. I cannot wear Invisalign in my mouth 22 hours a day. That's that's what they that's what they want you to do. I can't do it anymore. So. I remember I had to go get Invisalign. I didn't even have to get it. He just wanted to give it to me. He, he, he Basically, he I go to this black doctor. Very cool. This guy is worth a lot of money. So, yes, I do support black-owned businesses. My dentist is a black dude. <laughs> Very cool brother, right? So, anyways, I let him upsell me on getting Invisalign. I was like, all right. Because first he was trying to sell it to me. He was like, yeah, get it for your son. Because you know, I used to have braces when I was in high school. I had it through uh, my junior year. I had, I had oral surgery when I was in uh, 11th grade. So I had braces from the 11th grade to my freshman year of college. Um, you know, because basically I had a, I had like a baby tooth that had never fallen out. And until they did the x-ray, it was like, wow, you still got a baby tooth in your mouth. I'm like, I do. So they had to do all this other crazy crap. So anyways, I had, I had braces for three years. And now my son, my older son, uh, this is, uh, I think we had put him in braces initially, and now he's a teenager. It was like, well, let's not do the braces. Let's do the Invisalign. So, all right, fine. We'll do the Invisalign. He's about to go to high school. But my doc, he ended up convincing me to get Invisalign. You know, he was like, let me look at your teeth. I was like, all right. He was like, oh, you got some nice teeth. Oh, okay. We can make them even nicer. I was like, really? Like, yeah. I'm like, give me some. Give me them Invisalign. So, we put them Invisalign, and he's going to make my teeth even nicer, which he has. But, uh, Basically, for me to get Invisalign for myself and my son, I had to pay 10 bands for this, right? 10 bands for the treatment program. Uh, you know what I did? I was like, all right, uh, give me one of them little fancy credit cards y'all got. I think it's called like the care credit card. I was like, yeah, just go ahead and run my credit. It's going to come back well over close to an 800. 
give me the credit card and we'll just just put me on the payment plan. So put me on the payment plan. I had the Invisalign. Ten bands already ran up on the credit card. Uh, into the program. Y'all know when I paid it off? I paid it off as part of that $30,000 I had to pay off to get this house. <laughs> so I had I basically... Uh, I, I was I had put ten bands on it to pay for the credit for pay for my my teeth and my son's teeth, and then when I bought the house, I went and paid off the dog on credit card because I wanted to get the house. But um, so the payment plan has been paid for. Now I just been for the past year and some change, just going there and making sure my teeth are getting even more prettier or whatever the case may be. But um, you know how many people can't go in there and do that? I'm talking about. Like just go, just matter of fact, just go look at all your friends in real life. Just start noticing their teeth, noticing their smiles. You can tell. You know how many people can't afford to go in there and take care of their teeth like that, y'all. I'm I'm talking about beyond just basic dental care. Like I know people that can't that don't even have dental insurance and won't even go in there and get their dog on teeth clean on an uh, on every six months, right? people like that like i got dental insurance i gotta pay for it in my own pocket i think i pay like 86 bucks a month for the basic dental plan go in there clean my teeth put some fluoride on it keep it moving if they want some extra if i want some extra stuff done where they put this like sealant on my teeth i gotta pay out my own pocket which doesn't you know it doesn't come out to be much or that i got i got the uh the invisalign i had to pay for it out of my own pocket which you know i put it on the credit it was like a ten thousand dollar plan between me and my son right i mean but you know what I mean? but what i'm saying is I got, I got, I've, I've, I've saved up a lot of money and put myself in positions to make decent money to where I could afford to take care of my teeth at 40 something years old. You know how many dudes I know that are 35 and older and their teeth look like they're about to fall out their mouth. And I'm not, they don't, they don't really do drugs. You know, they may smoke a little, drink a little something, you know, they, they got decent jobs, but their teeth are horrible. They're horrible. I've always said, man, I don't care what's going on in my life. I refuse to have jacked up teeth. Like I refuse. I've never had a cavity a day in my life. Now all of a sudden I think I got one developing because I drink too much coffee. And the doc was like, we're going to come in here and get you straight in the way. So you don't get a full blown cavity. I was like, doggone it, doctor. You the man out in these streets, man. That's why, that's why I like coming to you. Cause he was like, I, I saw something wrong with your tooth. Uh, we need to, we want to make sure we think it might be a cavity form. I was like, Doc, I ain't never had a cavity a day in my life. He was like, I know, but we gotta, we want to, we want to go ahead and just make sure it doesn't turn into one. So come back, and we are gonna get this tooth right. I'm like, man, hell yeah, I'll be back in here. Then they had called. I took my son to the dentist last week because I don't want my kids having jacked up teeth either. So the dentist was like, Hey, we gotta, we're gonna do this to your son's teeth. We gotta do some X-rays. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. Blah 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 blah. It was like, uh, do you want us to do all this? I'm like, hell yeah. What you asking me for? Okay, how do you want to pay for it? Put it on the card. <laughs> Put it on the card. Like, I'm not, I'm not sacrificing my kids' teeth either. If I'm gonna have good teeth, my kids is gonna have good teeth. You understand? My wife too. So that takes care of the teeth, B. I know people that make decent money, they don't take care of their teeth, man. They make, they make, I mean, just imagine how many of these people that might make over $100,000 a year, but they don't take care of their teeth, B. And teeth ain't cheap. You Teeth can get kind of expensive to take care of, but it's an investment I'm willing to make. 
because I want my teeth looking decent. I mean, well, better than decent. Now, I got a staining problem because I drink coffee and I smoke. But overall, I got I got some whitening stuff to fix that up. But overall, my teeth are immaculate. If I if I have to brag on myself, if I have to brag on myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, my teeth are pretty damn good. We don't we don't spend some we don't spend some cheese to get these things right. And I'm gonna keep spinning that. I'm gonna keep spinning that cheese to make sure my teeth are straight. Whether I gotta put it on a credit card or pay for it in cash, my teeth gonna be straight, and my kids' teeth gonna be straight as long as I'm in charge of their their healthcare needs. Yeah, I gotta go get the whitening. Like I say, I drink coffee. I'm drinking some as we speak, and I occasionally still smoke. So my biggest thing is I got staining problems, but the staining can go away. All you gotta do is just get your teeth whitened. I don't have any deep rooted issues like cavities, root canal issues, missing teeth. I ain't got none of that crap going on. You know what I mean? But this just goes into the overall point. You don't, you guys don't know what these people's lives actually look like when they're trying to sell you on this high value stuff. You're just being sold a picture. You're being sold a bunch of words. Nobody wants to school you young people on What's really going on with people who earn this type of money? Well, 60% of these people are around my age and they're living paycheck to paycheck. But they're on YouTube talking about how you need to get with a six-figure dude. Your whole life is going to be changed. How is your whole life going to be changed when 60% of these people are living paycheck to paycheck? Because they can't control their spending habits. They, they don't tell you about all the debt that is associated with that lifestyle that they incur because they don't want to learn how to manage their money. They want to look like $100,000 plus, but don't want to manage their money to keep $100,000 plus. I could have I got the, uh, the, the Mercedes G-Wagon. Where is that? I could have got one of these. A used one, because you're still going to pay some cheese for a used one. I could have got one, but I ain't finna pay over $100,000 for this, man. I mean, I like how it looks. I'm not going to front. I like how the Jeep looks. Now, if I was making a million, uh, uh, $500,000 a year, I might go get one. I, I like how I'm not going to front. I like how it looks. I just, I don't know, just something about this thing I like. But I don't like the price. I'm not going to pay $100,000 for this thing, y'all. I just go get this. Fully loaded. <laughs> Paid for. This is pretty much what I got right here. All, it looks identical minus this little front, this little light right here and this, this little whatever you call this thing right here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to go broke to look like the money that I make. I don't need that. So that's why I'd be like, you guys gotta, you young people gotta learn to, you guys gotta snap back into reality, B. 54% of y'all are living paycheck to paycheck. 60% of y'all who are millennials are living paycheck to paycheck, even as you earn a hundred thousand dollars. And those of you who earn $100,000, 
like 40% of y'all owe $80,000 in student debt that you're going to more than likely go to your grave paying. But nobody wants to tell you guys about this. G. Dizzle will tell you about it because I'm probably one of the most honest ones out here. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to, I don't have to flash $1,000 on my screen to do a money stack challenge. And then I'm turning around moving into a house that I don't own or I don't have a mortgage on. I'm paying somebody else's mortgage, <laughs> but I'm on screen flashing $1,000 on camera. I'm on screen showing you all the latest trinkets I bought, but I'm paying somebody else's mortgage as I'm doing it. No, I'm paying my own mortgage. five-bedroom, four-and-a-half-bathroom house where my office-slash-man cave is literally my own wing of the house. I'm not around here talking about, man, they, they charging me $1,500 a month to live in a one-bedroom apartment. Then I hop on YouTube showing off all of my new trinkets, but I'm paying somebody else's mortgage. No. I would rather pay my own mortgage and show you show you my trinkets or not show you my trinkets. Like I don't really have, I don't have to show you anything about my lifestyle, B. I mean, I can, but I don't see the point. Because it's it's just it's I will be I will be sitting there trying to pretend to be something that I'm not to sell you an illusion that's gonna cause a lot of you guys when y'all get older to be broke. Because look, I keep telling you, if you're like 20, 21. 25, you're going to wake up and be 40 years old before you know it. Time moves. You're going to wake up and be the, these old niggas y'all are talking about. Because we were we were the young dudes, and we was talking about dudes in their 40s, laughing at them. Now I'm 41. But the difference between me and them is I managed to save some money up and get my spending and my finances under control before I hit 30 years old because I knew I didn't want to live a certain way. I didn't want to be 35, 40 years old, barely getting by. I might look like I'm getting by because I got shiny things. I got rims sitting on my truck or rims sitting on my car. Or I got, you know, I'm, I'm dressing in the latest fashion of the times, how we were dressing back then. But I'm broke, like the dude in the army. I got the 2004 Cadillac sitting outside the barracks. Even though I'm an E4 in the army, barely making, I'm not, I'm not making any real money because I live in the barracks, but I got the latest truck with the latest boom and the latest rims on it, but I can barely afford to drive it. I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to have money to do other things. I mean, I'm not saying I was perfect. I had a, I got a crazy shoe habit. Well, I don't, well, it's not as crazy as it used to be. It used to be real crazy. I used to be the I used to be the neighborhood king of Air Force Ones in Jordans, all types of different flavors and colors, all over the place. You come into my my college room or my dorm room or my barracks room, it was nothing to see about 50, 60 different pairs of Air Force Ones in all different colors to match all different outfits. Go ask my wife; she'll tell you. I used to have a massive shoe collection. I've gotten rid of so many shoes. I used to, as a matter of fact, when I was I used to work at Finish Line when I was like nineteen years old. So I used to get the shoes for like 30% off. <laughs> so I was in it just going to town. I had all the J's. I had all the Air Force Ones. I had 
I had all kinds of shoes, just shoes for days, though, because I like well, I like Jordans. I like Air Force One. Uh, I like Jordans, Air Maxes and Clark Wallabies. Those are my favorite shoes. I'm a Wallaby fanatic. Those of y'all don't know what Wallabies are. I'm a Wallaby fanatic. Been one since high school. I used to have the two tone Wallabies in high school. I was man. You couldn't tell me nothing back in them days. I am a wallaby fanatic. I ain't bought a pair of wallabies in a minute. I had to, I had to wing myself off of them. But I'm about to go buy me another pair. I'm a wallaby fanatic. I, I just love these shoes. You, you, they, you, you can wear them with anything. All right? So that you know, I got so what I'm saying is I got my I got my uh my my things that I spend money on, but I, I haven't spent money on a lot of that stuff in a long time. Right now, I'm down to I'm down to five pair of Jordans. <laughs> I've cut down my Jordan collection. I'm down to five pair. And I don't even really wear them. The ones I showed y'all in the pictures I post every now and then, I only wear those things like maybe once or twice a month. I don't even really wear them. They just sit up in here. I might wear them on a weekend. If I go out somewhere and I want to look nice, I throw my I throw my my elevens on. I got the I got the uh, what I got. I got two pairs of elevens. I got the the forty five. Got these right here. I got these sitting in the crib right now. And then what, what do you call the the black ones? Oh yeah, I got the I got these right here. The Jubilees. I got a pair of these sitting in the house right now. I don't even wear them. They're just sitting up in here. You know what I wear? You know what the shoes I wear all the time? Let me tell you what I wear. When I go to the store, what I wear 99% of the time, I wear, what do you call these things? I wear a pair of Crocs. Not those. Hold on. That's not the Crocs I wear. Hold on. Where are these right here? <laughs> these are my go-to shoes. Whenever I go to the corner store, I wear these right here. I throw some socks on and put my Crocs on and, and get the stepping. These are the shoes I wear 99% of the time right here, y'all. Our Crocs. I mean, I got to go get a new pair. If I ain't wearing those, I wear my 97 Air Max. Got a parody. Well, yeah, I got I got these joints. Where they at? Well, anyway, I got I got these joints right here. I, I bought them a year ago. I wear these almost every day. These are just my they, they're my go-to shoes. They're kind of worn down now. They're, they're transitioning into my new workout slash cut the grass shoes. Like that's that's where that's we're we're in that phase of life right now with these. But is it man? I'll be outside in some shorts, t-shirt, baseball cap, and some crocs. I'm going to the store, being there grocery shopping, just like this. As I'm walking back out to this thing right here, I hop out the whip with these on my feet. <laughs> I hop out the whip sitting on these things with a pair of these on my feet. <laughs> 
and a wrinkled up t-shirt and some shorts because I live in Florida. So we can wear shorts and shirts all day long. I wear these pretty much all day. Everywhere I go. I got I got Jordans all over the place and Wallabies all over the place. And I rarely ever wear them shoes, man. They're just there for like special occasion purposes only. I wear these. I go a pair of Crocs. I'm about to go get me a new pair. Because the ones I got, they don't I don't wear these things out something serious. That's that's my go-to outfit, y'all. I'm wearing a pair on my feet as I'm doing this video right now. <laughs> With a Batman t-shirt that I just pulled out the dryer. Didn't even iron it. You know what I mean? But one thing you might one thing people can say about me is they could be like, oh man, you look like a bum. Man, you look like this. What you can't say is, I don't look like this right here. I don't look like what's worse, me wearing some Crocs and a wrinkled shirt, looking all chubby on camera, or me sitting around here living paycheck to paycheck, as I'm convincing you I, I make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. What's worse, y'all? Yeah, I look like a dad. <laughs> I got a I don't have a dad bod, I have a father figure. That's what I like to say. I have a father figure. But what's worse, y'all? I mean. What's worse, me looking like a bum, looking like a standard father and husband who's been married for 15 years with two kids, or me sitting around here trying to pretend like I'm balling, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck, or me sitting around here trying to convince you I'm the man because I make six figures and you ain't nothing if you ain't making six figures, but 60% of y'all are living paycheck to paycheck. You can't do nothing because you don't, you refuse to control your spending habits. You can't do it. So all this investing people talking about, it, it, listen, it's a bunch of people lying on YouTube, y'all. It's a bunch of people lying. How is it everybody is able to invest and do all this and do all that when 60% of y'all are living paycheck to paycheck? It's a bunch of people lying on YouTube, y'all. Where's all this stuff at that they doing? I'm not saying they got to show you every aspect of their life, but you know, if they're going to talk about it all the time, they should at least show you something. It's somebody, somebody's lying out here. Everybody isn't balling. Everybody isn't, isn't this investor savvy type of person. Somebody's lying. 60% of y'all are lying. <laughs> Now, who, who's the 60% and who's the 40%? That remains to be seen, but it, it doesn't take much to figure it out. But somebody is lying out there. They're lying to these young people. They're not being honest about it. They're not telling you about what's really going on. But y'all keep sucking this up. Because y'all don't know any better. And y'all have come to YouTube and y'all are just learning from people that just sound charismatic. They make you laugh. And you think that's enough for them to, uh, they must be telling the truth. No. A lot of these people are full of crap. I've been saying this for the longest. I'm like, I keep telling y'all, I'm not, listen, when I say I've lived life before the internet, I've been around, 
I'm not saying that just because I want to try to separate myself to make it seem like I'm just this genius. No, I'm telling you this for a reason. When you go out there, you actually have to experience life without access to the internet like this. You got to go out there and bump your head and fall down a couple times before you start figuring things out. Like I have, I had messed up credit once upon a time. I didn't have a YouTube channel to run to to teach me how to fix my credit. I had to learn how to fix it on my own. I messed up my credit over a cell phone in college because I didn't have, I got a cell phone on credit, but didn't have a job. Man, that thing screwed my credit up for like five years, four years, something like that. Had me all kind of messed up out in the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wasn't no YouTube around for me to go figure out how to fix that one. The only way I could fix it was I had to, I had to pay my debts. All the YouTubers in the black sector have successful businesses averaging well over six figures. Yeah, everybody's balling. Everybody's everybody's balling out of control, but where are they? what are they doing? If everybody got a business, how come nobody has a website for their business? Tone Talk has been on this. Most Americans are paycheck to paycheck, especially ADO. Yeah, shout out to Tone Talks. I know I like Tone Talks. He'd he, he, he be telling the truth about that. A lot of people are paycheck to paycheck. But let's just talk about these black YouTubers with all these businesses. Where they have y'all, where their websites at? Like, how do you have a business in 2021 and not have a website? That's, I mean, that's like, do you even have a business? You don't have to have a physical location, but you damn sure need a website. It could be something simple. It could be a static page saying, hey, this is a, this is a Acme business. We sell widgets. Here's our contact information. It'd be something as simple as that. You don't ever see these dudes promoting their websites. I promote mine every chance I get. We're going to do it again. Somebody said to me, they, they, they was looking at my Kwame Brown screenshot. I was like, let me show y'all. I was like, I advertised on Kwame Brown's YouTube channel for $10. He put my super chat up in front of uh, about 15,000 people. I'll show y'all what I put. And I'll explain to y'all the return on the investment I got so far. So I said $10 to advertise in front of 15,000 viewers. Not bad. So I put this up on the super chat. I originally sent in $20 because he missed the first super chat. So I sent in another 10 and he saw it and put it up on the screen. So I put tech G, uh, I put tech needs, cybersecurity people too. I teach entry-level tech cybersecurity on YouTube for free tech G. $10, 15,000 people saw this on the screen. And he had it up there for about a good 30 seconds or something like that. So it was on there for about 30 seconds. Somebody came in here, and uh, I'm not getting on this person, Deborah. But Deborah was like, I guarantee you would get more people if you charge the fee. That's been proven. Keep going, G. And, you know, she's right. That's, that's, not, that's not totally inaccurate. 
But what she doesn't realize is I got I got a different business model set up. And I explained this because somebody I actually did a topic on this video on that very thing about the business model. This right here, free IT courses versus paid IT courses. Somebody asked me this question. I meant to do a video on it. So I decided to do a video on it a couple of days ago. But I told this person, I'm like, uh, where did that? I'm like, so out of this $10 investment, where'd it go? I ended up getting about 250 subscribers in like two hours off of this. And keep it techie, he got about, he got more than me. But in about two or three hours, I ended up getting like 250 brand new subscribers to my channel, all because of this, right? People in the chat was like leaving comments on my other channel, like, hey, I saw your chat and Kwam, your super chat and Kwame Brown's video, and I immediately clicked to subscribe to your channel. So I had about 250 people subscribe to the channel off of this $10 super chat. So there's 250 brand new folks who are sub to the channel now, right? Who are going to get exposed to the free videos. And look, whether they choose to take advantage of the stuff is another thing. But I'm like, I make money off AdSense, right? Um, I mean, I'm not getting tons and tons of views, but most of my views come from my older videos. Most of my old, my older videos are the ones that make me the most money because it's evergreen content. But it doesn't stop there. Because what, what it is, I sell stuff, right? So in addition to you learning about IT, I sell study notes, discounted exam vouchers, and virtual labs, right? People pay for this stuff because people, people that are serious about wanting to pass these tests, they come through and they pay, they pay me to get access to my knowledge to help them pass. I mean, you can watch the videos and pass, but if you want to up your chances of passing for real, for real, you're going to pay the extra money to get access to the, to the, to the nitty gritty stuff. Look what I'm offering y'all. I put detailed notes together. I put custom quizzes together, custom practice exams. Uh, if you want access to virtual lab simulations to help you because you don't have a computer laying around the house to help you understand this, I sell those too. Where all you got to do is just log into a website and they'll create, they'll, you have access to a virtual computer that'll walk you through how to do all this crap so you can learn about IT and go in there and pass your test. I sell all this crap. You want You want a voucher? I sell those too, because you can't take these tests without a voucher. I sell them at discounted prices. I don't make a lot of money off these vouchers, but at least I, you know, I make a couple bucks. But I got people every day. Well, not every day, but I might not. I don't see. Here's the thing: I might not get like a tons and tons of views. But most of my money comes from this stuff over here. Dude, I got people, I don't, I don't know how many, just, just look at this one right here. This one, this one, and 
this one. You know how many of these I sell a month? <laughs> you know how many of these packages I sell a month, y'all? I sell a gang of these every month. Don't seem like a hundred, I mean a hundred dollars, but I probably sell about 20 of these a month. I probably sell about another 15 of these, these a month. I mean, you can start doing the math here if you want. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm not I'm not selling them any BS. They, they you know, that everything they get, they I mean, come on. I mean, come on, son. I mean, I, I'm I put I put numbers on the board over here. Shout out to Bobby. He just bought something. He just bought some labs and some some notes or something like that. But he, but they pass it. You know what I mean? So and it's not like I'm not I'm not selling them t-shirts. I mean, look, I could. Do, I'm, I'm probably gonna start doing that. But I'm I, it's a fair exchange of what I'm doing. A fair exchange at a very fair price. I get I, I get you in by giving you the content for free. The main course. You come into the you come into the the G the Tech G restaurant, you get you get the the main course the the steak for free. Now if you want now if you want a, a little drink some potatoes on the side, you know something to complement the meal some some steak sauce. Well, you gotta pay for that, but at least I'll give you the I give you the dog on steak for free to satisfy your hunger. You know it seems backwards, but in reality it's not really backwards. It's just there are different ways to do this, but you're not getting BS because every last one of these people are in a position. Go read my reviews. Well, I can't pull them up, but go read my reviews. People pass off my stuff, man. I give them a, I give them a, a, a great product at a fair price. I don't try to overcharge. I don't try to undercharge. And the little bit, and here's the thing. Let's just say you got my most expensive one to date. Let's just say you decided I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna give him five because somebody somebody paid me somebody paid me this the other day, five hundred eighty dollars. You want the whole you want the whole kit and caboodle for the A plus with the vouchers. Some of y'all like five hundred eighty. Yeah, I mean I don't now out of my profit. It's not obviously I'm not profiting five hundred eighty dollars, but whatever. I'm still profiting a few hundred bucks off it. So you spend five hundred eighty dollars. And next thing you know, you going on my wall of fame over here, you know, assuming you let me know you passed. But then you go on to get your first job. Now you in IT, your first job. Let's just say they paying you, I don't know. Let's just say you get $20, a $20 an hour job. All you got is A+. Plus. Or let's just say a $15 an hour job. Say 15 so now you're making $31,000 a year at 15 bucks an hour, your very first IT job. How much does that translate to? Let me see. 31, 200 after taxes. Does that come out to be? So after taxes, you're making 26,000. Uh, you probably take it home. All right, let's see. What's twenty six thousand divided by two? Uh, Twelve. There we are. 
So let's just say you're making a thousand dollars every two weeks, five hundred every two every week, right? Very first entry level IT job. You don't pay me five hundred dollars to get certified. You got this cert. You get your very first IT job, entry level. I'm talking about you starting at the bottom of the bottom, making fifteen dollars an hour, which is thirty one thousand a year. After taxes, it comes out to be about twenty six thousand a year which translates into roughly $500 a week, right? Dude, you make all your money back in one, in one or two paychecks. That's, that's the return on investment. Now, what, and I got, I, got the, I got the website. I got the testimonials. I got the products. And that's just what I do. And I've helped a lot of people. So what I'm saying is everybody else that's talking about they making all this money, they got these businesses. Where's their websites at? Where's their products at that can actually put money or transform your life? Yeah, you can go buy a T-shirt, be a part of whatever click they claiming. But is that putting money in your pocket? Because look at this. Everybody that's learning from me, that gets started in IT from me, within like they, somebody paying me uh, just five hundred bucks, right? And let's just say they never pay me another dollar again, but they got started off of me in IT. In about five years, five to ten years, this person could be making six figures all in IT without going to college. Like, what are we talking about here, y'all? I just did a video talking about this. I was talking about this right here in ransomware attacks. I was creating a, uh, a demand for cybersecurity jobs. In this video, this article I was talking about, they were talking about how they're recruiting out of high school. Uh, as young as elementary, middle school to try to get kids interested in tech so that they can become cybersecurity professionals. Because so much the ransomware is getting out of control with the ransomware attacks. These kids can be 18 years old coming out making 30, 40, 50 thousand dollars a year at 18. That's a lot of money for an 18 year old that doesn't have any debt. Assuming I train people for this. I put people in position, B. I got but I got I got a website. I got a legit product that you actually get a benefit from. Is this is the whole point I'm trying to make to you? I'm not trying to sell you products to make it seem like you you're more than what you actually are so that you can join the ranks of the 60,000 or 60 percent millennials who are living paycheck to paycheck. And they're also. 40 percent of them got eighty thousand dollars worth of student loans. My stuff doesn't come with student loans. <laughs> the only student loan you might get is through PayPal, depending upon you know, you put it on your PayPal credit card or however you pay for it through PayPal. That's your student loan payback right there. And then you teach yourself. You go at your own pace. So this is this this stuff I be trying to teach, man. Y'all, a lot of y'all are living in a in a fantasy land listening to these dudes, man. They're not being honest with you because the entertainment value allows for them to just be dishonest. 
go make a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, if you ain't making a hundred thousand, you don't get the top of the line selection of women. Well, oh my bad, I gotta highlight K Podcast. He got his website too. See, uh, let's go to his website. Sorry about that. I missed your Mr. Uh you gotta gotta put the homie up there. A business podcast website. I didn't see it initially. That's him right here. Our African brother from another mother. But he does um, case management stuff, personal development. Look, he got all kinds of stuff. I ain't even I'm a, employment. Look at this. He, he can get you right out in these streets doing all kinds of stuff. This is K Business Podcast, y'all. Leadership training, quality assurance. He out here getting it. He out here getting it. He out there in Baltimore. He can get y'all right out in these streets. He provides training and uh, consulting in the area of human service trainings to providers, professionals, and college students. Uh, provides uh, consulting and case management training to people who are interested in pursuing a career, becoming a case manager. Provides consulting to organizations looking to improve the quality of work for their staff in order to improve services to their clients and their community. So he getting it. He, I mean, you, you interested in learning what he got to teach? He got, look, he got a whole website over here. You know what I mean? You ain't got to do tech. You can do what he do. Or, you know I mean, it's all kind of options out there, but what the whole point is this. He, he, he got, he got, he got a, he got something going on here and he got, look at this. He got people smiling and cheese and taking pictures that are benefiting. Testimonials, y'all. That's him. And these are all the people with the certificates he's helped get trained up and whatever it is they, they're learning from this dude. I don't even have the pictures <laughs> yet because I'm not doing face-to-face -face stuff. I'm doing all mine through online. But he got he got the visual proof about his program and what he got going on. I'll put his, let me put his link in the uh, description hold on, in the chat. Hold on. So that's, that's, uh, that's K business podcast joint right there. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just all kind of other stuff. You understand? But y'all are being led astray, man. Y'all got to come back to reality, baby. Because this is what most of your high-value men are they are doing with their lives. 60% of them are living paycheck to paycheck, man. You want to be living paycheck to paycheck as a six-figure dude? Yeah, I mean, I could. Some of them do. Um, I've posted some screenshots. Um, like, these are actual the results. But look, I'm not I'm not really sweating it. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, my, my thing is this. I don't know why somebody would lie to me. Like, what benefit does one have? Like, I don't know these people. Most of these people don't even use their real names. They don't show their faces. So I don't know what benefit somebody would have to lie about passing because they looked at my stuff. I mean, I I just don't understand it. <laughs> they don't get no kind of kickback or payment from me. You know what I mean? 
They just leave comments and emails. I don't know why anybody will lie about this. But, you know, whatever. But I'll get all that once I figure out how to get this uh, this 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 uh, quote unquote school operational, this little IT thing I told you all about where I'm trying to get something set up down here where I can start reaching out to these young black kids and young adults to try to get them introduced to tech, teaching them IT. Uh, I'm still in the planning phases of that. Once I once I get that up and running, that's when I'll start, uh, you know, doing the face to face visual testimonials. Well, no, this counts as social proof too. Um, you know, this is social proof too. I post all this up in here too. You know what I mean, so. Cause I mean, like I say, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Somebody will lie about something like this. Like, what what do you benefit? What do I benefit? I don't even know you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't pay you. I don't even know who you are. I mean, I appreciate you watching the content, you know, Bina. But like Bina MC, I don't know what her, his or her picture looks like. I have no idea who this person is. I don't understand why somebody will lie about this, especially when they could just go to somebody else's YouTube channel and watch their stuff and say, "Hey, I passed because of you." Like, you know. It doesn't it, it just doesn't make sense. Somebody would lie about something like this. It would make more sense if somebody came through and was like, I failed because of you, <laughs> even if they did or didn't fail. You know what I mean, and I've never gotten one of those. So it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Anyways, y'all, that's all I want to share. So uh, there it is, y'all. That's it right there. What's really going on? I need I need y'all to, to take y'all 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 goofy glasses off and learn how to look at the real world and go out there and get some life experience so you can dis learn to, to decipher BS when you hear it on YouTube. Because everybody on YouTube ain't making six figures. And those that are making six figures, well, 60% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. And there are telltale signs. You can, if you've lived life long enough, if you've experienced things, there are telltale signs that people display to let you know that they're not really doing as well as they think. And I'll give you one of the number one telltale signs. One of the number one telltale signs is a person that has to go above and beyond to prove that they're making a bunch of money. That's one of the number one telltale signs that somebody isn't really worth the money that they're talking about they're worth. Or they got way too much debt and they're trying to mask it by showing you all of their trinkets. That's a tell, that's always a telltale sign, y'all. Is it is it 100 accurate? No, but that's one of the dead giveaways of somebody who doesn't really have their finances all the way together, and they're one paycheck away from being homeless or whatever. And in this case, it's a whole bunch of them who are like that. Never focus purely on how much they make. It's, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much do you keep after you pay off all your bills, your creditors, how much is left over at the end of, the, end of all this. And obviously, as you can see, ain't much left over for most people. 60%. So you guys got to be but you learn this through life, man. You got to go out there and get real world experiences, man. You can't just live your life on YouTube just just listening to what people say. Because everybody, everybody, you know, y'all say people on TV lie to you. 
what makes you think YouTubers can't lie to you? They're just people on quote unquote the internet TV. That's it. That's all they are. They're putting on a show like everybody else. A lot of celebrities are the same in the same boat. Remember, uh, uh, Tisha Campbell was on Martin all them years. Was on that show with uh, uh, the Wayne's brothers, my wife and kids, or whatever it was called. But a couple years ago, she was talking about her and her husband that had like like a hundred dollars to their name. How you a famous actress been in Hollywood since the eighties? Because I remember she was first in that movie Little Shop of Horror. That's when I first seen her. How you been? In a, how you been a, a famous actress in Hollywood for over for like three or four decades now? And you talking about you only got you got like less than you got barely a hundred dollars to your name and your bank account. But she she's she's uh she's not that's a common thing with a lot of people in Hollywood. They are notorious for trying to look like money. Yeah, we gotta we go pull it up. I don't know if it was a hundred, but hold on, let's see. Tisha Campbell broke this happened like a couple like a two years ago he revealed how much money she had after she had split up from her husband look she said she had seven dollars y'all she tisha campbell she's been in in hollywood since the 80s y'all she's been in movies since the 80s she was in Little Shop of Horrors. She was in Spike Lee's. Um, um, what's what's the movie he did about the college? What was it called? What was it? Um, what was that movie? I gotta figure it out. Hold on. I don't know what I'm talking about. With Broke Five Broke. What was that movie? It was uh, 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 School Days. Why couldn't I think of that? She was in School Days. That came out in 1988. You know, with the, the wannabes and the jigaboos. Who remember that? She was a wannabe. Matter of fact, here it is right here. Who remember this, this scene right here? The wannabes versus the jigaboos. That's Tisha Campbell back in 88. She's been doing this for over 30, going on 40 years, y'all. How you end up with seven dollars? I met her back in 2002. How you uh, 2003? How you how you end up with seven dollars in your bank account? And you're a very well-known Hollywood actress. Was on one of the hottest shows in the 90s. Martin? Martin was like the best thing since the Cosby show. Martin, living single. In New York Undercover, Thursday nights, Martin was the best, most popular TV show since the Cosby show. It was the Cosby show version of the 90s. That's how big Martin was. You know she was getting paid top-notch. She was getting broke off some serious sheets. And then she went on to do the show with uh, uh, um, Damon Wayans, My Wife and Kids which was another hit show for a couple years. But you talking about you only got $7 left? You've been doing this since the 80s and you got $7 to your name? So this is what, this comes from people you see on TV. 
Who was another one? Wasn't uh who was it? Uh was it it was some other actress? What's Dwayne Wade's wife's name? Gabrielle Union. What was it? Somebody says something. It was some. Oh, here we go, right here. Now, I don't know. Gabrielle Union, she doesn't fall into this category because of who her husband is. I mean, her husband got money. But she was saying black entertainers are struggling to pay their bills during COVID 19, y'all. Now, she ain't struggling because we know her husband ain't broke. Like professional athletes, they tend to have way more money than entertainers because their contracts are basically uh, guaranteed, you know, a lot of them, especially basketball players. But look at this. This was last year, 2020, y'all. She's explaining how these entertainers weren't able to get work and they are one or two paychecks away. We talking about rappers. Singers couldn't go to couldn't perform at concerts, actors, but they all up on your IG with all the bling bling and the and the, and, and, and the money phones. But she telling the truth, which is the truth. She ain't in that position, but this is the position for a lot of these people. Everybody ain't got Beyonce and Jay Z money, y'all. Everybody ain't married to an NBA Hall of Famer who you know, even though she had her own career before him. They just one or two paychecks away, B. And these are people you see on TV or here on the radio. So if this is what's going on with people in mainstream media, what the hell do y'all think is going on in the quote-unquote underground media, black YouTube or YouTube in general? What y'all think is going on, y'all? With everybody on YouTube talking about they make six figures. Y'all, y'all need to get it together, B. Y'all need to get it together when y'all are watching these dudes on YouTube feed y'all this BS over and over again. They're not doing well. They don't tell you about their expenses and their debts. They just tell you about this number here. They don't tell you how much is being subtracted from that number. How much of this number is owed to the bank or to a creditor over here? How much of this number actually stays in their bank account for savings? How much of this number can they actually take out to go do other things with to invest or to, or, or to do whatever? They don't tell you this stuff. And they're only making 100000 These celebrities, they're making a few hundred thousand into the millions even the even the the lower level ones can still can still make a few hundred thousand dollars a year and they're still one or two paychecks away from being broke but you're going to listen to somebody on YouTube tell you that they sick they earning six figures and they got it all figured out y'all can't be serious no this is their reality they fall into this category they just don't tell you that. They just hit you with this, the, this, this number right here. 
you know, it's like when you watch a commercial, those car commercials, right? They'd be like, uh, come out here and put put five dollars down and get a brand new car. And then all of a sudden, the tiny small print at the end of the commercial will come up with the guy reading real fast. You qualify for, you know, you know, yeah, y'all know them commercials I'm talking about. You watching the commercial, you're like, ooh, that's a nice car. Ooh, yeah, ooh, I can only put five dollars down and go get that. Then at the very end of the commercial, they got that super long paragraph written in super tiny print with that guy at the commercial reading super fast. That's the devil in the details. That's going to tell you, oh, yeah, you can come down here. You can put $5 down, but in order for you to put $5 down, you need to have an exceptional credit score. You need to have X amount of money in your bank. Like, we're going to run, we're going to run everything. We're going to run, we're going to check your dental history. We're going we to draw blood. We're going to make you bend over and spread your cheeks to verify you are who you are because this deal is only reserved for a very select few people and you got to pass all these parameters to get to this deal. That's what that's what the guy was reading real fast was saying. <laughs> and then y'all of a sudden y'all go down there. Y'all like, yeah, all I got to do is put $5 down. They be like, yeah, we'll take you $5. The next thing you know, you walking out there with a brand new car or whatever they was advertising with an interest rate of like, like 18%. <laughs> but you riding clean though. You got, you got that brand new car on TV. You pulling up. You stunting on everybody, but you ain't telling people you paying 15 to 20% on interest. You ain't telling them about that. You ain't telling them about the, the five, $500 car note you got. You ain't telling them about that, but you but you ride clean. <laughs> that's, that's what goes on, y'all. That's what goes on. That's what goes on in real life. And now this, this is the uh, the YouTube version of it. I make $100,000, but they ain't telling you about all them student debts. They ain't telling you about all that money they got to pay in child support. They ain't telling you about uh, uh, them bankruptcies. They ain't telling you about this. They ain't telling you about that. They just telling you about I'm a six-figure nigga. That's all they telling you. <laughs> anyways i just wanted to share that i'm about to go i'm about to go uh y'all be safe out there in them streets man um make uh make wiser decisions y'all that's the whole point make wiser decisions and learn to discern bs from reality because you're being fed a bunch of bs it's entertaining i give you that but Unfortunately, too many of y'all are actually buying into it wholeheartedly to where you actually thinking this is real. And you're just gonna wake up and be 40 years old with a screwed up with screwed up finances, B. Especially if you're a young cat. Because you think you don't you don't know anything. Nobody you don't you don't want to sit here and learn anything. You dig? All right, shout out to my man Donovan Warlord, Warland. Y'all be easy. I gotta go. Peace.